0: abide with me abide with me don't let me fall and don't To the Influencers Network. Uh, this is our podcast that we put out on the airwaves. Uh, my name is Brian Craig. I'm the executive director. I'll be your host today. And we have our founder, Rocky Fleming, here with me as well. And we're just enjoying uh, talking about different uh, aspects of the journey process. Uh, about our Influencers ministry, some of the life stories we've seen, and and just want to share with the rest of you guys out there everything we're seeing because we get to see so many neat things here at the home office and we want to share them with you. Uh, so welcome Rocky. Glad to be here. And uh, today uh, today we want to talk a little bit about the DNA of the journey process. We've, we've talked a little bit about the history in one of our prior podcasts and kind of what evolved out of this abiding message. And we want to talk a little bit about this process that you kind of felt like was downloaded to you from God in that first journey group, right? And yeah. So let's just kind of talk about, Rocky, some of the, the key points of non-negotiables, if you will, at least from our viewpoint of, of because God gave it to you in this manner, and we've seen it work over and over again. Let's right. talk about
1: those things. Well, I think that uh, <laughs> there the question is why, why and how? Mm-hmm. And uh, why we're doing this is because we feel that when Jesus says, go and make disciples, he was talking to us. And uh, then we have to ask the question, well, how does he define a a disciple? Because there seems to be um, a lot of different discipleship courses out there. But the question is, are they producing a disciple based on how Jesus would define a disciple? And so when I began looking at that, I started to realize that there was something missing. I think that we have a lot of people that have a head knowledge, uh, but there's something missing in the heart. And that was the thing that was, that took me down the path that I did as far as the journey was concerned. I think I'd mentioned that I had been involved with various discipleship programs for years. And they were good programs and they were good disciplines but what was missing was uh, the sustainability of it in the person's life. And as I began to inquire the Lord of that uh, I felt that He clearly said to me that what was missing is that we're not connecting our hearts with His heart because discipleship is an inside out transformation versus an outside in. And to punctuate that He told me He says the Pharisees would have got that one if if that was the deal. Because they really did all the work of an outside in, but it didn't transform their heart. And the Lord began speaking to me about my own walk first, Brian. And that is about my connection, my love relationship with with him. Then I began to see the process of transformation occur. I began to understand that the scriptures and thoughts that that I had read for years, um, well I, I had the knowledge but that had not transferred into my heart. There was a disconnect there. And as I began to journal through those scriptures, as I began to make application of those scriptures, I, I actually found that, that that God was speaking to me with a voice and it, and it was in those scriptures. And of course the Holy Spirit speaks to us but his voice always sounds like scripture and if it's not then we need to be very careful but as i began to look at my own uh, self feeding and that's the key here self feeding i began to understand that that i think that was what was missing with most christian men is that most of the information they had about god was second or third or fourth hand they had not really gotten a real good concept of god therefore they some of it was skewed so one of the things that, that the Lord had me do in, in when he downloaded the journey was to understand the thought process and that is that if our objective and that's what the what is here what are we trying to do our objective is to try to get a man and now women as well because women are getting into this big time sometimes families too are in it but If our objective is to get them into close proximity with Christ, then everything needs to work toward that, doesn't it? Our mission is to get someone in close proximity with Christ. It's not a mission of discipleship for knowledge alone. It's discipleship to build a relationship. That's our objective. So the first thing we had to do is we had to back it down and say, well what do you believe about the relational God that has presented Himself to us, do you think He is a God that wound this thing up like a clock and backed away and just let it, you know, go wherever it will? Because some people do believe that, you know. Uh, do you think that God is not involved at all with the details of your life? Because uh, there's some people that believe that as well. Uh, Or do you believe that you do think he's a personable God, but you haven't yet learned how to come into that relationship? And I would say that most evangelicals believe that, but they also have that disconnect. And so what the intention was to do was to begin a process of revealing that God is a personal God. And that's why we have the first segment, Call enlightened. Enlightened we're talking about some attributes of God uh, that we need to understand and they, although they seem very simple we need to understand how profound they work into our perspective of God. And the first perspective of God is that God knows. Everybody said, well everybody knows God knows, right? Really? Do you realize he knows everything you're seeing? Everything you're thinking? every every thought you've had, now and in present and the future, everything about us, he knows. He knows in great detail about these things about us. And when we begin to understand that he is an all-knowing God and we start to really grasp that, that changes our perspective of him. The first perspective that goes is he's not distant, that he is ever-present. So if we're going to have a personal God and know he's a personal God, we need to know he's with us. So that's the first thing we do, build that foundation. But the next thing, Brian, is it's not enough to just know that God knows. We need to know what his heart's like. And then we get into the question, do you know that God also cares about what he knows about? Now every one of these things that we're going to introduce to these men and women have to do with these attributes but they're found in scriptures. Now let's just talk about scripture. Now, I, this is not a Bible study, although you can't have effective discipleship without the Bible. There has to be scripture involved. And the way I like to look at it, and I'm, I am a storyteller and I, I have a visualization of things, and I remember when I was living on the Gulf Coast, and if you know anything about the Gulf of Mexico, you know that it's pretty shallow for the first mile or two off of the shore there, especially around Biloxi and Gulfport and all that area. And so in order to get out to deeper water, we have to follow a winding channel that's marked on each side of it with channel markers. And then when we're coming in from the open sea and we're coming to shore, we wanna come to safe harbor. But if we go directly to safe harbor from where we are in the open sea, we will run aground. And therefore what we do is we have channel markers on the right and the left of each channel that, we, that tells us to stay within that. If we get outside of it, we'll run aground. We could become shipwrecked. But if we stay in the channel markers, they will move us to safe harbor. That's what scripture does. Scripture is the channel markers for us. It keeps us within the boundaries. And discipleship needs to have boundaries. It can't be based on philosophy because everybody has philosophy. It has to be based on theology. But theology is not the end. It doesn't stop just with knowledge. The theology delivers us to the safe harbor which is close proximity with Christ. Does that make sense to you? Mm-hmm. Sure. So the third segment uh, of the Enlightened uh, series, or the, the, the third attribute, is that not only does God know and God care, but God is willing. God is willing to be involved with those things he knows and cares about in our life. And the final thing is that God is able. God is able to do something about what he's willing to do something about, about something he knows and something he cares about. And so when a man or woman begins to understand these attributes of God, then it opens their heart, not just their knowledge, because they already knew most of that if they've done any kind of Bible study and sat under some good preachers. They're going to say those things. But what they do is they take that to heart now. And they begin to process life differently. They begin to see challenges differently and they begin to see hope differently and they're encouraged to know that they have a God like that that loves them like that and that knows them in details even before they were ever born, how they were intricately wrought in their mother's room. That's what Psalms 139 says about it and so that's the first foundation that we build and that is that about God the attributes of God.
0: Let me just stop you for one second Rocky. So how do you think those things get in their heart? You know, it's it's we have the group meetings where you meet either every other week or every week and and it could look like a Bible study if you weren't too sure what you were looking at. Mm-hmm. But but there's a little something different there in the it we always say the journey's not that meeting, it's really what they're doing yeah. with the Lord one-on-one and And I know one of the foundational things, which is part of our DNA, is journaling. Right. Let's talk, just stop for a second, talk about that a little bit, because that's, from my experience and a lot of other men that I've seen and women, that's how you get the scriptures into your heart. Mm -hmm. So
1: talk about journaling a little bit. Well, it's so important that we we start showing them how to journal the first session, Mm -hmm. where we introduce a little acronym called STAR, S T A R, which means the scripture that you've read the thought that's been conveyed, the application or personal application that you make of that thought and scripture and your response, that's the R. Now what we're doing is we're not only teaching them how to find answers in scripture. Well, remember now, it's not a mind thing. It's not a head thing. It's a heart thing. Now here's what bridges. This is the one thing that bridges from the head to the heart and that's personal application. When we began seeing a scripture and it's speaking to our particular need or our particular challenge or our particular question, then all of a sudden we began to see why God's talking to me. And then what do you do in a good conversation? Is it a monologue or is it a dialogue? It has to be, I speak to you, and you listen, and you speak to me, and I listen. And that's the way we're trying to connect people with a conversation with God. That through scripture, God is talking to them, and we're listening, and we're making application. And in prayer, we're speaking back to him, that I hear what you're talking about, I hear what you're saying to me, I receive the comfort, I receive the teaching, and I receive the instruction because a reply oftentimes requires a response as well. So this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to create that. And the journaling is, is an essential part because what we're doing is we're trying to pe- keep, uh, help people learn how to self-feed. You know, the reason why I believe that uh, the, the many men that are being picked off, Christian men in churches, families being broken up, right and left, is because I believe that by and large Christian men in America are spiritually anemic. Uh, they spend more time watching ball games than they ever uh, give to listening uh, about uh, even preaching or or studying the Bible or anything. That's the least involved thing they do, and yet it's the most important thing they do. Now. I can't reverse that immediately because I was a football player and I was a, you know, I always loved it myself. And it's, it's fun to be out there and it's fun watching it. And sometimes having to spend time before the Lord is not necessarily fun, but it's good. And I have found that the more I do it and the more other men do it, the hungrier they get. It stimulates their appetite. And so with journaling, it's the same way. When they, they start, it's often kind of challenging, and it's, it's difficult to them. And, but they stay with it, and they stumble through it. And before long, they find a, a gold nugget. And when they get that nugget, it, it, just, it just goes to their heart. And they're enthusiastic, and guess what happens? They bring it to their group. Now, guess what happens with their group? They're saying, well, Bill found something in that scripture. Why didn't I find it? Well, let's look and see if there's something else for you. And so the point being is that it creates a dynamic which is part of the journey, and that is we are, are going on this journey together. We help each other get there. And when we see somebody that's self-feeding and gain, gaining great insight, that makes us hungry. It makes us want to go and find it. And that's, that's the group dynamic you have in a journey.
0: Yeah, I, I think in one of my first groups, Rocky, you told me that it's like a treasure hunt. Mm-hmm. But you said the difference is the treasure wants to be found. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it gives us, he gives us really good signposts along the way if we'll read them.
0: Yeah, and it's just a bunch of treasure hunters out coming and bringing their treasures into the group meeting, and and it's fun to hear that and see that and see what guys are finding on their own. A lot of times they learn
1: more from their fellow participants than they do from the guys. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And again, you said it before, And and that is that the journey is not when we meet, it's between when we meet. It's when we have that intimate connection with Christ. Now, let me go back to something because I believe this is true, and this is why the journey... I believe that true biblical transformation in a man and woman's life will occur only one way and that is by that person being in close proximity with Christ. Now if that is true and I do believe it's true and I think it's proven to be true then our mission is to get someone in proximity with him not just give them knowledge. And so with the enlightened segment out of the way We've built a foundation to help them understand that God is a personal God and he, and he wants you to come into this relationship with him on a deeper way. So the bottom line is how do we get there? Now this is what Jesus did when he opened the door for me in John 15, when he said, you must abide in me and I and you to bear fruit. For apart from me, you will not bear fruit. Then I came to understand that I was laboring to be a a good Christian and to do good things, but I was missing the most important thing, the most important connection, the lifeblood. I was missing it. And then when I began turning my eyes and my heart and my effort toward finding out what was wrong here in my relationship that was keeping me from entering into that deeper place with him. Then I was on the hunt. Then I could see that I was making giant steps toward the right direction. Now the second segment that we have in the journey is called Enabled and it's it's appropriately titled that way because enabled means it enables us to be the men and women God wants us to be. Uh, it enables the relationship with him like he has designed and given us. It enables our spiritual gifts to be triggered and, uh, and made powerful because it enables the fruit and the spirit in our life. So it's appropriately named and enabled. And in that, I would say what we have done now is we've gone into the heart of the journey because enabled is about abiding in Christ what it looks like who the Holy Spirit is uh, some misconceptions about him trying to get some true biblical information on him and then begin to look at how the fruit of the Spirit which is the Christ-like characteristics that mentioned in Galatians 5 how they actually are a part of that fruit of abiding that Jesus spoke of and how the fruit of the spirit enables the gifts of the spirit because the gifts of the spirit will stay ineffective that's what uh, 1 Corinthians 13 talks speaks about Paul speaks about that how they're ineffective without love which is a fruit of the spirit And so little by little, these men began to understand the frustration they've had. Then they also understand the invitation they have and been given. And and then they understand the the steps toward this abiding, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ that they've been given. And uh, now they can take advantage of it. And then we finally wrap up the journey, the third segment. Now we're starting to speak about stewardship. And when we're talking about stewardship, we're talking about the stewardship of their life, the stewardship of their spiritual gifts, the stewardship of their opportunity. In other words, to live out in their world around them that which is going on inside them. And that's where they bear fruit and become laborers. the the very people that Jesus said pray for because the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. And we're seeing laborers raised up because they're learning to abide in Christ. They're responding to his invitation to come and come close. And that's what we're trying to do is we're just trying to help them get there.
0: Great, great. Well, I think that we're going to uh, probably have multiple podcasts to talk about this DNA deal because we, it's important for people to understand what this is and what it's not um, because people just tend to throw things into the box of what they know. And and so... Uh, we're going to probably uh, in our next podcast, we will continue this conversation about DNA. And I, I think we'll, we've, you kind of unpacked a little bit of the process and I think we'll get into a little bit more of the process and, and things about the process that we would call DNA, mm-hmm. like maybe being Holy spirit led and some of the things that we teach our guides and how to guide a group. But uh, hopefully they're starting to kind of catch that a little bit, even our, even our current journey journey people as well. But uh Again, we're going to keep these uh, podcasts going and coming up with new topics and uh, new conversations. And uh, But we have a, something that we came up with. We thought that it would be good if uh, you guys have questions out there and you'd like to submit a question that we could – address in a, in a future podcast, we've created a website, podcastquestions@influencers.org at influencers.org. And, uh, if you send us an email, we will, uh, keep these, uh, questions and we'll, we'll build these into our future podcasts and try to answer your questions the best we can. So if anyone out there has a, a topic they'd like to see us tackle, uh, just send an email to podcastquestions@influencers.org at influencers.org. Our, our website is influencers.org. If you'd like to learn more about the process, if you learn, learn more about how to start a journey group, uh, we have videos, we have resources, and uh, we'd love to help you get journey groups started in your city if, if you're hearing this podcast and you don't have journey groups there. So anyway, again, I'm Brian Craig. I'm the executive director, uh, and I'm here to help you, and, and I'm here to resource you the best I can. So we uh, look forward to talking to you again on the next podcast, but uh, have a blessed day.